Welcome back. It's the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast. We're Stacey and Pete. We're here with another re-release of a previous episode. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. We put this episode out in April of 2021. It was a half Halloween episode. We thought it would be fun to share it again around spooky season in mm-hmm. case you haven't heard it. A very fun topic. Yes, it is the second part of the episode. The first part being Beetlejuice. This was about... Ghostbusters. Now, this was before we actually saw Ghostbusters Afterlife, wasn't it? Yeah, we didn't see that until November Mm. last year. So, yeah, that's when it came out. It was good. It was so good. Lots of ugly cries. Yes. Highly recommend if you haven't seen it. Also, I just wanted to mention something else that I got Ghostbusters related since we recorded this episode was this super fun Ghostbusters Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man crossbody bag from Vixen by Micheline Pitt. I know if you're listening, you're a nostalgia lover, but if you're also a fan of like vintage inspired clothing, this is the place for you. This is not an ad, by the way, but they just have some amazing collections, not only Ghostbusters, but they have Pet Cemetery, It, some brand new ones that you can pre-order now, Beetlejuice. Oh, really? Trick or Treat, Edward Scissorhands. I want it all. <laughs> I don't know where I would wear any of it, but I want it all. Well, the Ghostbusters one is very cool. <laughs> yes, it's super fun. I'll have to take a picture and share it on our Instagram. Yeah. Also, I've just admired Micheline for a long time. And she recently released this gothic fantasy short film called Grummy, which she directed with her husband, R.H. Norman. And it was inspired by Micheline's own story of surviving sexual abuse as a child. It's not only shot beautifully, it's just so impactful. It is. It's a good way to put it. I thought about it for days after I watched it. Same here. So, you know, if that's something that you think you might be interested in, you should definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. But I just adore her. And when I got the notification that she followed us on Instagram. You were very excited. This was like back when we first started. We don't want to grow up. Right. I think I woke you up to tell you. I think you did. Because <laughs> I was so excited. I think like I had mentioned to you before the, how much I loved her and she's kind of like a Halloween queen to me. Mm-hmm. And so when she followed us, I was just over the moon. Like she shares our content a lot and it always makes me so happy. Right. Back to the episode, though. So. At the end of the episode, you know, we used to share our cozy club stories a little more often. And ironically, since this episode came out in April, it still had some fall vibes. Did it? Yes. So those are definitely fun. Stick around for those at the end of the episode. Also, we used to talk about some things that we would do for our mental health. Mm -hmm. And I shared this story about how I used to get ready a lot. Like we both work from home. And so, you know, there are lots of days where (laughs) most days you don't have to get ready if you don't want to. You don't. You don't Um, even have to shower. Right. I do, though. I mean, I do shower. (laughs) We do shower. In general. (laughs) (laughs) But it's funny because, you know, I was like, you'll hear, but I talk about how, you know, like I would do it like four or five days out of the week just to make myself feel better. And it was like me time. I would listen to a podcast or music or something while I was doing it. And then the realization that it's been a rough year and I kind of stopped doing that. Yeah. Apologies to you for having to look at this face. (laughs) 
You take that back. <laughs> just kidding. I love your face <laughs> in all its forms, <laughs> makeup or not. Thank you. I'm so excited when you come out, generally a little while after I've woken up. <laughs> I'm so excited to see you. Aww. It's just time for a hug and some kisses. Always. Always. <laughs> but it's just like a, I don't know, it's life. Like we all go through ruts, ups and downs. Phases, we'll call phases. them. Phases. And I feel like for me lately, it's been kind of about taking baby steps to try to pull myself out of the rut that I've been in or the phase that I've been in. The phase that you're in right now. Yeah. So I'm working on it. And and not that it has anything to do with whether I do my makeup or not, but just in general, in mm-hmm. life, baby steps. And that's all any of us can do. That's right. Little baby steps. <laughs> so we hope you enjoy this springtime rendition of Ghostbusters. So you called this my movie. What's your movie? My movie is from 1984, a little bit before your time. Before my time? <laughs> I was five. You were five years old. You were not watching this movie. I was watching this movie. You were watching this movie when yes. it came out? I don't think I saw it in the theater, but I, I definitely probably didn't either. It was too watched early for it as me a too. kid. 1984, it is Ghostbusters. Something strange in your neighborhood. Who you gonna call? What an amazing song. It is a great song. It still makes me so happy every time I hear it. So this movie is basically about some former professors who set up a ghost removal service. And after they do all of this work, they rid New York of all these ghosts. They get thrown in jail by the EPA, which is very Reagan era. (laughs) Yeah. But then as soon as they're in there, trouble ensues. And there's this big downtown skyscraper right outside of Central Park West that is infested with ghosts and an ancient god named Gozer. So the Ghostbusters have to come out of jail. The mayor releases them. Because who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. (laughs) So they come out, save the day. They blast the 100-foot-tall Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Yes, they do. And they save the day, and everybody's good in the end. Yay! Yay! <laughs> it's such a fun movie. It is. It is directed by Ivan Reitman, written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis, mm-hmm. starring Bill Murray as Dr. Peter Venkman, Dan Aykroyd as Dr. Raymond Stance, Sigourney Weaver as Dana Barrett, Ernie Hudson as Winston Zeddemore, I think is how you say it. Sounds about right. Harold Ramis as Dr. Egon Spengler, who sadly passed away in 2014. So sad. Rick Moranis as Louis Tully. Annie Potts as Janine Melnitz. And William Atherton as Walter Peck. So some fun facts about this movie. Both Chevy Chase and Michael Keaton turned down the role of Dr. Peter Venkman. Oh, wow. Now, Venkman was originally written for John Belushi, but of course he had passed away by then. Yeah, but I could see him in that role, even though I love Bill Murray so much. I I could see him doing that. Yeah. On set, Dan Aykroyd referred to Slimer as the ghost of John Belushi. Oh. Because he would like eat everything and he was just causing chaos. Oh, I love that. Now, Christopher Walken, John Lithgow, Christopher Lloyd, and Jeff Goldblum were all considered for the role of Egon Spengler. Oh, wow. Yeah. And on that front, Eddie Murphy and John Candy both turned down 
main roles. Eddie Murphy said no because he was doing Beverly Hills Cop, and John Candy turned it down for other reasons. I don't know what his reasons were. Yeah, wasn't he supposed to play... Lewis. Lewis, yeah. He was supposed to play Lewis. That would have been a completely different Lewis. Yeah. A, for probably sure. a funny Lewis, but a differently funny Lewis. <laughs> yeah, well, they're both great. They are. And so, I mean, to me, Bill Murray makes this movie. I agree. But he only agreed to star in it because they offered him the opportunity to star in a different movie that he'd wanted to do, like a pet project of his. Oh. And most of his lines in the movie are ad-libbed. I love that so much. I do too. He is so funny. He is. And they said 40% of the lines in this entire movie were ad-libbed, which is just great. That's like all Second City stuff where you just come up with it on the fly. Right. Sigourney Weaver gave a unique audition. She did a wordless scene where she turned into one of the Gozer dogs. And allegedly she was writhing around on the couch and like loudly snarling at Reitman. (laughs) So he was impressed, if not a little scared. And then she got the part. I wish there was footage of that. Me too. I would love to see it. I can actually picture it in my head though. Yeah. Because she does such a good job. She does. Like when she's possessed that I can can totally see it. Am I the only one that found Sigourney Weaver like really hot in that movie? I highly doubt that you're the only one. I really liked Sigourney in it. I mean, I think she's hot in it. Yeah. (laughs) The original trailer featured a 1-800 number, not a 555 number, which led to a pre-recording of Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. They got a thousand calls per hour, 24 hours a day. For six weeks. I love that. I wish they had an answering machine where you could hear (laughs) what people were leaving as a message. Yes. That would have been amazing. I just think that's so fun. I miss the 80s. (laughs) Like just do some fun stuff with like a random phone number. Yes. So this was interesting to me. The marshmallow goo that explodes onto the EPA guy Mm -hmm. is actually 50 pounds of shaving cream. (laughs) What? 50 pounds. And also, the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man suits each cost 20 grand. They made three of them, and all three were destroyed during filming. Did you see, like, how did they make that thing? I have not looked at that. I actually thought when I was writing this part down, I was like, I need to go see how they filmed well, the didn't Stay they, Puffed Marshmallow Man. I feel like they Man. had also, like, a model, like a diorama type thing. I don't know. Because I remember seeing footage of them shooting something that had a small version of him okay. going through the town. So I bet that's how they did a lot of that. I wonder if the scenes where so you can see his like face and mouth like yeah. all emoting. Because uh-huh. he's actually, he puts forth a lot of sass. <laughs> he's very sassy. He is super sassy. <laughs> <laughs> he's like all smiley till he's not. Till he's not. <laughs> <laughs> now, I found this interesting. So the theme song for Ghostbusters was written by Ray Parker Jr., And it was number one for three weeks that year. It was also nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song, but lost to Stevie Wonder's I Just Called to Say I Love You. Oh, I love that song so much. Now I love both the songs. They both deserve an award. They do. They're both very good songs. Huey Lewis sued Ray Parker Jr., for plagiarism. Oh. Because the songs had a similar bass line compared to Huey Lewis's I Want a New Drug. And Huey Lewis said, you copied this song, and it got settled out of court. Now, in a 2004 article, the filmmakers admitted to using the song I Want a New Drug 
as temporary background music in many scenes. Oh, wow. They also noted they had offered to hire Huey Lewis and the News to write the main theme song, but the band declined. The filmmakers gave the footage with the Huey Lewis song in the background to Ray Parker Jr. to aid him in writing the theme song. Oh, wow. So they got busted. They did. It just makes me think when... Have you ever seen the footage of Vanilla Ice talking about how he was accused of plagiarism with Ice Ice Baby sounding like, was it another one bites the under dust? Under pressure. Right? Under pressure. No, under, no. I think it is under pressure. It sounded like another song. Under pressure. For sure. And he's like, ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. That's the way theirs goes. Ours goes ding, 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 That little bitty change. It's not the same. Which is different, I guess. But boy, do they sound similar. Yeah, they do. Now, this is one of my favorite things to cover. I love covering box office numbers, but Ghostbusters was the highest grossing comedy of all time until Home Alone supplanted it in 1990. Oh, wow. It made $240 million domestically in 1984, which today would be about $580 million. That's huge. Super It was such a big... I mean, I remember... I was very young, but I remember a lot of hoopla around it. Yeah. And I think it cost, at the time, like $30 million to make, which means it cost about $60 million in today's dollars. Wow. So Bill Murray didn't make any money off of Ghostbusters. Rather than take a paycheck for it, he negotiated with Columbia Pictures to finance his personal pet project, which I mentioned earlier, a remake of a movie called The Razor's Edge. (laughs) <laughs> which also was released in 1984. It was a complete bomb. Oh, no. Yeah, it was made on a budget of like $12 million. It grossed $6 million or something <gasps> like that and was not successful. So he really missed out. So does he not money. make money to this day, like on residuals and stuff? I guess not. I don't know. <gasps> Holy crap. Yeah. Good thing he has a lot of other hits. He does have a lot of other <laughs> hits. I love Bill Murray. I've talked about it on here before. I, I mean, he's one of my Absolute favorites. Absolutely. What's that zombie movie? Zombieland. Zombieland. I started to say Adventureland. (laughs) I love him in Zombieland. Like, he has such a small role, Mm -hmm. but it just makes the movie. It's so incredible. Doesn't he play himself? He does. Yeah. I always hear really nice stories about people's interactions with Bill Murray. Do you really? Yeah. I hadn't heard that. Like, to this day. I hadn't looked for it, so I don't know. Oh, you should look it up sometime because it's- That's good to know. There's a lot of good stuff. I like that. It's like Keanu Reeves. Yeah. It's these guys competing for like the nicest guy in Hollywood, hopefully. (laughs) I like that. So originally the proton packs, you know how they had kind of like guns? Yeah. Those were originally wands. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I'm imagining like a Harry Potter (laughs) Ghostbusters. They were changed to guns to make it more believable. That's definitely more but believable. But yeah, I would have loved to have seen test footage of that. They're like witches, warlocks. Do you remember in the beginning of the movie when they're in the library? Yes. And Bill Murray gets some of that stuff on his hands. Yeah. So that is actually methyl silos, which is Chinese food starch. Oh. So that's I was the wondering slime. what they yeah. made that with. Because it looks weird. <laughs> It looks real weird. Looks inappropriate. It does look very inappropriate. (laughs) So you know the uh, Ecto-1, the Ectomobile? Yes. They only made one of those because they rushed this production. They had to get it done very quickly. They only built one of them. Wow. And it worked for the majority of the scenes, and then it eventually broke down because it was like a 1959 car. It broke down. Luckily, it was late in production, 
but they had no more moving shots of the car after that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thankfully they didn't have like some big scene they were supposed to shoot where for they're real, like flying yeah. around town. So for years after the film's release, William Atherton, who plays Walter Peck, the EPA guy, he would get physically and verbally abused out in public. People hated him. Wow. It got to the point where he was involved in a number of altercations, like when he was out in a bar, oh, like no. people want to fight him and stuff like it. It's just like, dude, it's a movie. It's a movie. I'm a character. I play a character. Like, stop beating me up. You know, I feel like that's something that's probably a lot different now. Yeah. Because back then, you didn't have... You never saw them. Yeah, you didn't really see as them people. as people, as the celebrities that they were. You'd see their characters. Right. And it's not like, I mean, tabloids and magazines were a thing, but... This guy probably wasn't in them. Right. And it's not like today where you can go on Instagram and see him what Bill Murray had wife. for breakfast or, or whatever. Right. And this guy's at his pool, like hanging out and like, you know, throwing a ball with his kids or something. Yeah. Where you can differentiate between the character and the person. And also if it's an actor who hasn't done a lot of other recognizable roles, you really do just pigeonhole him into that one role. I guess, but it's like, you but should know. It's not an excuse. Even in 1984, but, yeah. you should know this is just a role. You should, but it's just a different time. I hope he slapped those people right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's hit those favorite moments. What you got for me? Okay. So I love when Dana, Sigourney Weaver, is yeah. possessed, like we talked about. And I just love the way that Bill plays off of that. Right. All the things that she's doing and the little things that he's saying. And when Like, she... I should, I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. And it's basically like he's having a conversation with himself, right. you know? And when she's like, I want you inside me. He's like, oh, there might be a couple people in there already. <laughs> yeah, there's not enough room. <laughs> Which I think I appreciate it so much now because that's humor that I definitely did not get right. as a five-year-old. Me either. Well, as a eight-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> I was way more mature than you. <laughs> so mature. So much more mature than you. <laughs> okay. Again, something that I wouldn't have picked up on as a child. <laughs> It's the scene where they're at the mayor's office and Ray says, everything was fine until the grid was shut down by Dickless here. And then Walter is like, they caused an explosion. And the mayor's like, is this true? And Peter goes, yes, sir, it's true. This man has no dick. <laughs> it just makes me <laughs> laugh every time when he does it. It's true, sir. This man has no dick. <laughs> Uh, there are probably so many other moments I could have chosen, but it just makes me laugh every time I, I have to do it. I had to take that one off my list <laughs> when I went and looked at yours. And then number three, the end, when they all come out of the apartment building and everyone is there cheering for them. Like, yeah. they're, I mean, they were already considered celebs, but now it's like even more. Although it annoys me because Dana has the marshmallow all over her head. <laughs> she shouldn't. And she shouldn't because she, shouldn't she was inside the dog statue at she the She was time. in the dog at that point. Yeah. And we were like, well, maybe it fell off of the building onto Could her be. head. Yeah. But it just didn't flow. And I don't like that. I don't like it either. I would have liked to have seen the marshmallow fall on her head. Right. If she's when it was wear falling it. on dickless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she shouldn't get the glory of having that marshmallow on her head without us having seen how it happened. That was a fun scene. Though. But like it that. is fun. And it's a, it's just like, you know, the end of the movie and they're running credits and all yeah. of that. And I just really love it. HMs. I like the section of the movie where we see like all the headlines of the newspapers and the magazine covers and stuff that they're on. So yeah. we're seeing just the montage of them blowing up. More and more famous. Yes. And then also I really like the first scene in Dana's kitchen 
Which, first of all, we're just really obsessed with details now. Yeah. Where we're like, what kind of cereal does she have? I was noticing the salad dressing in her refrigerator. It was like sour cream and- uh, It was sour cream and Italian dressing or something. It was like- It was, it was like sour cream and something. It was, But it wasn't onion. It was like a combination right. that we're not familiar with. But it was like a wishbone version. Right. But as she's putting her groceries away and everything, and then, you know, it's the first signs of her having a ghost. Yeah. And her egg carton, like, opens and all the eggs start popping out and then they're like frying on her counter. We were talking just about how they made the yeah, eggs like do that. Yeah, like how they did that. I would love to see the making of that. <laughs> it's so random, but I want to see it. I always paid attention to to like the stuff she was pulling out of her bag for some yeah, reason. Yeah, you're like celery. Yeah, celery, eggs. She can't remember the rest of the stuff. I had it all written down, but I, I pulled it off because this was one of your HMs. Oh, I'm sorry. So I, I should have kept it on there, but that always interested me, like the stuff she was pulling out of her bag. Yeah, glad we're on the same page there. Oh, yeah. We love to see people's groceries. We do. Okay, for me, the shock card game at the beginning, the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. So Venkman keeps shocking the dude, even though he's getting some of them right <laughs> and never shocks the girl and keeps telling her she's right. It just always cracks me up. Look, he knows what he wants. He does. <laughs> Number two. So this is kind of a step on what you said, but when Dana is floating in her bedroom yeah. in that scene, uh -huh. it was just so like sexy, scary. Yes, it is for sure. <laughs> But it used to scare me so much when she started to make all of that noise and talk in her scary voice. Demon voice. Yeah, her demon voice. And then she'd float over the bed. It was really scary. It was scary. Like those dogs used to scare me. She used to scare me. Uh -huh. When uh, Lewis's eyes turned red, it used to terrify me. But I didn't know until today that Ivan Reitman did the voice for when Dana was possessed. Oh, that's fun. It's so great because he's <laughs> such like a nice. Yeah, mild mannered so person. Nice, yeah. It's so great that he did that. But that scene always spoke to me. <laughs> I bet it did. And then I love how upset the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man is when they blast him with the proton packs, even though that's not what they were called back then. But his face, he is so betrayed because he just looks like he's coming up to have like the biggest kegger party with them. He's coming up to the top of the building to rage he's party. He's like, get wrecked. Yeah, he's like, get wrecked. And they blast him and his feelings are so hurt. He's like, man. Yeah, I mean, his he emotes so much on his face. Just like, oh. <laughs> I always felt so bad for him. Yeah. I wanted him to live in New York City forever. But he would have destroyed them. He would have, I guess. Although, wouldn't he be like soft and squishy? Like, I mean, he's a marshmallow. Well, I don't know. But I mean, if he's possessed by something. I guess so. You know, it could take on whatever you think about. I just so. like that guy. I liked him. I like him too. I To this day, like I see him and he makes me happy. I don't think of him as being bad. Yeah, same here. All right, HMs for me. It's this tiny little part outside of Dana's orchestra practice. Yes. And Venkman's been there like talking to her and stuff like that, hitting on her. But it's like this section where the camera pulls way out and you see this random performer spinning outside of this fountain. And you see Venkman see him or Bill Murray see him uh -huh. and decides to start spinning as well. <laughs> yeah. It always just made me happy for some yeah. reason. I don't I know that. why, but I just love it. And especially knowing that I'm sure that was just. Yeah, he just he saw just the person spinning. It. He's like, hey, me too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. Me too. So when Ray tries to blast Slimer in the very beginning, when they first go to that hotel. Yeah. And he just wrecks the entire 
hallway trying to shoot him, (laughs) doesn't hit him, just like destroys that whole hallway. Yep. I love that. I love how destructive they are. And they go down to that ballroom and just destroy it, (laughs) getting this one small ghost. I mean, absolutely wreck everything. Don't cross the streams. Don't cross the streams. And finally, HM-wise for me, Lewis's slash Rick Moranis' party in his apartment. It's just so 80s to me. It is so like 80s. opulent 80s. And they say that that whole scene was pretty much all ad-libbed. Oh, fun. Which is great. But I just love everything in there. Like Rick Moranis to me is so funny. I, I hate that he retired. I get why he did, but yeah, he's just so funny to me. great. Yeah. But I love that scene. Do we get to see him on Prop Wars? Not Prop Wars. Yeah, we saw prop, him on a special where he was talking prop about- Prop culture. Prop culture, where he's talking about the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids gun. Yes. And it was exciting to get to see him again. It was. That's on Disney Plus, I think. It is. Yeah. All right. That's it for Ghostbusters. I'm so glad we got to cover it. I know. These are both so much fun. And that's what they are, too. They're so much fun. They're fun movies. Yeah, like they're kind of scary. Yeah. But even as a young child, you loved it. Yeah. Even if it scared you a little bit. Absolutely. I'm glad we didn't wait till October. We got a lot to cover in October. Yes, we do. All right. Songs from 1984 Mm -hmm. and 1988. Ooh, okay. Because these are the years that the movies came out. All right. I'm going cheap on the first one. 1984, I loved... The Ghostbusters theme. I'm sorry. I did. Don't be sorry. I loved it too. It's huge. Play it again. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Man, I love that song. (laughs) We should listen to it every day in the morning to get us... Ready to go. We should. Pep in our step. That is a good pump up song. Followed closely by, if I can't choose this song because we watched the movie, I would go with Jump by Van Halen. That's iconic. It is iconic. Okay, that's it for me for 84. What do you have? Speaking of songs that you should listen to first thing in the morning, yeah, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go by Wham. Wake me up before you go-go, don't leave me hanging on like a yo-yo. Wake me up before you go-go, I don't want to miss it when you hit that high. Wow, good call. I think this was one of the first songs as a young kid that I would hear and recognize it as This is a fun, happy song. This is a song you want to hear when you want to be in a good mood and you want to smile. Or you want to pop your mouser size in and get your leotards on. (laughs) (laughs) Or that. Or that. Okay. 1988. 1988 for me would be Bad Medicine by Bon Jovi. This was a tough choice, but this is a great song from 88. It is a good one. It's so funny when you look through at these songs and you're just like, 
All of these I still listen to pretty regularly. <laughs> yeah. There was I went through the top 50 and I was like, well, I've got like 10 that I could choose. Yes. So I narrowed it down to this one, but it was tough. Yeah. Both of the ones I picked this week were very fun pop songs. So mine from 88 is Locomotion by Kylie Minogue. Everybody's doing a It's, of course, a cover, but who cares? It's great. Either way. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's so much fun. I feel like I remember this one, like, being at my friend Leah's house and, like, dancing to it in the playroom. Okay. Just a good time. I like that. Yeah. Time to bring it on down. Bring it on down to Cozy Club. Cozy Club. <laughs> Is that time to relax? Snuggle up, and I'm going to read to you some things that people have written into us about what makes them feel cozy, memories that they have, or things that they do now. So Jen wrote, and I felt this was fitting since we're doing Halloween in mm-hmm. April. Those trick or treat buckets McDonald's would put Happy Meals in around Halloween time. Oh, do yeah. Do you remember those? I do. Yeah. They're very nostalgic. They are. I've had several people send those to me. A lot of people send me stuff, you know, if they think I'm I'm not thinking of it or something like that, or just suggestions. Right. And I just always love seeing them. Did you use those to go trick-or-treating? I did not. I know those, but I did not use them. I feel like I used the version before those. I think I always used the bags that they would give me at school, probably because I felt like I could hold more or something. But I did love getting these. And I feel like I would keep my candy in them, though, like yeah. once I got them home. Okay. If that makes sense. But it they does. had the pumpkin, the ghost, the Frankenstein. There's a lot of good ones. I'm looking at pictures of them now. <laughs> it makes me happy. So thank you, Jen. Yeah, thank you, Jen. Abraham wrote, waking up super early so I could have the Nintendo to myself. I like that. Do you relate to that at all? Absolutely. Did you have to fight over the Nintendo when everybody was awake? Later on, I did. Like, if you wanted to use that, you had to get up early for it. That's funny. I guess my sister and I are so far apart in age that I never really had to fight over it. Like, it was in my bedroom. Yeah. (laughs) And then I don't have a name for this person, but I love their handle. It's, um, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And I also related to what they said, because this is something I think they do in current times. Watching Gilmore Girls under my fuzzy blanket. And Gilmore Girls is such a cozy show. Like, I always want to watch it in the fall, around Halloween. It's the best, like, cuddly, cozy show I could think of. Is that one you have on DVD? Yes. I feel like even the opening of the DVD would be comforting as well. It is. I used to go to sleep to it. Did you really? Yeah. I just love even, like, just the music, the score. It's all so good. Yeah. It's so good. I did think of something that I wanted to share. I noticed that I do sometimes for self-care in current times. We're home all the time Mm -hmm. due to COVID and just working from home. And I don't have a reason really to put on makeup or do my hair or anything. But at least probably four to five days out of the week, I still take the time to do my makeup. You do. And fix my hair, even if I still will wear my robe all day or pajamas all day i will be cozy while still feeling pretty yes and it's not that i you know you always make me feel beautiful if i have makeup on or not if my hair's in a bun on top of my head or not i love your hair in a bun thank you 
but it just makes me feel good. I feel like it's time that I'm taking to like do something to myself to make me feel good. Mm -hmm. And I love to either listen to music or a podcast while I'm doing it. And I just feel like it's really good me time. I'd love it. So I was just thinking that's definitely a part of my self-care routine. I like that. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Anything from you this week or no? Still haven't done your homework. I did do my homework, but just in a different form than it would take for you. Yeah, but that's not your homework. Your homework was that you were going to try to meditate. Well, that's what I'm saying is I feel like I did. I put in some white noise. I've downloaded a white noise. Oh, you did? Okay. I'm sorry. Now, I worked while I was doing white noise, but I was able to really concentrate on what I was doing. I wasn't doing stressful stuff. Yeah. You know, I was doing more paperwork kind of things, but it really helped me concentrate on what I was doing and calm me down in the mornings. So Hmm. I liked it. It's not the exact form that it would take for you. Right. And I'm sure doing it in the proper form would probably be better, but I did at least give it an attempt. That's nice. Yeah. I like it. Well, that's it for Cozy Club. Be sure and DM us on Instagram at We Don't Want to Grow Up Pod, or you can email us at We Don't Want to Grow Up Pod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at The Cozy Club, fans of We Don't Want to Grow Up. It's a fun group. Come check it out. You can come support our podcast on Patreon. We have some bonus episodes over there. It's patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. And we're also on TikTok at we don't want to grow up. Come follow us over there. I think that's all the ways you can reach us. It is. Our phone number is. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thanks for being here in our little faux spooky season episode. It was a lot of fun. I love it. Me too. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. And there you have it, Ghostbusters. Listen, that was phenomenal coverage. It might warrant another episode. It might. Another episode of just Ghostbusters or Ghostbusters 2? Hmm. Okay. All right. I'm on board Ghostbusters 2. You heard it here first. (laughs) See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.